0: This is the Skate Podcast on WEEI.com and the radio.com
1: app. For the first time in 39 years, the
0: Boston Bruins have won the Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah, yeah. With Ken Laird from a Craig Hill Morning Show. That's evidently what Ken Laird wants you to believe. And weei.com Bruins writer Matt Calman. Everything gonna be alright? Place him up for some bees talk right now. It's the skate park. some skate, I'll give it a B, B plus on weei Holy this is a big time show. It is a big time
1: show. All right, time for another exciting edition of the Skate Pod. We have relocated to the former WAAF studios. So tumbleweeds going up uh, here, but I like our new podcast setup overlooking uh, the magical Brighton facility here at Entercom. Matt Kalman is here. We have two hours of Sunday skate this Sunday. Just want to get that programming known You in have very quick. you have
2: two hours of Sunday skate this Sunday.
1: You'll be there. I mean, don't 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 pretend you're not going to be there at seven a.m. I know there's a big Tampa game late. You can do it. You can handle it. If not, it's just me. Sunday is
2: my birthday, and I'm not getting up. Before.
1: If not, call Fred. In New Hampshire will be first out of the shoot. And he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be on for a full half hour. If you don't <laughs> come in, uh, the Bruins a big win Tuesday in Tampa, two one over the Lightning at Amelie Arena. Oh, I should mention real quick, we are brought to you by Red River Technology and subscribe, follow the Skate Pod at
2: the yep, Skate Pod on Apple Twitter, podcast, Stitcher, leave some nice reviews. So you can cancel out the <laughs> the the wacko reviews that we get. The win over Tampa, biggest takeaway from the win. That they won the division, that they just demoralized the Lightning. I mean, they really did take them out of their game. They were so. I mean, frustrated. in the third
1: period, it was it was pack it in, and uh, you know, it was yeah, not- that
2: was that was a little disturbing. I mean, I really thought they were begging to blow that lead for yeah. those for about ten minutes, which ago. has been a theme, right? they, if were, they blow that game, right, it's, it's more back to and, the- and so many chances to just clear the puck, and they weren't getting it in. And it was funny because earlier in the evening, I had watched my nine-year-old's game, and they had similar situation issues getting the puck out. It was like they would get it like with a, within an inch of cars in the blue line, and couldn't do it. You know, it's got they got to pay the price a little more, but. I mean, the fact is, the first two periods, they should have been up four or five. Not, the one gave me newfound respect for Vasilevsky, who I think gets a little overrated sometimes by the, the Canadian media there. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, you, you just saw what they can do to this Lightning team. I mean, without Stamkos, clearly a, a little bit of a factor. But, you know, you, they're supposed to be deep enough to, to handle that. And the forward checking was just relentless, and you'd love to see that. Um, clearly getting Chris Wagner in there helped them, and, and you know, Richie and Kasha playing. With getting their legs a little bit, it helped. They were clicking on all cylinders, and if, if they'd gotten a bounce or two, they would have had a, a more comfortable lead. But even in those 10 minutes or so where they were, you know, bend but don't break type thing, you had to like some of the things they were doing. They were keeping them wide. Mm-hmm. Tuca was, was zoned in. You know, they yeah. got the break on the one, the fluky goal that got called back. I don't. I still can't figure out how was that not got a break. past was, Tuca. It was, it was, Perfect call, right? Yeah, I, mean, I guess it was a perfect call based on the, the loss. So um, even with the revamped offsides,
1: that would still be offsides, right? Right, breaking exactly. the plane and whatever yep. they try to do here. And uh, you know, Marsham managed not to puke all over the ice, so they were good. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, standings right now have Boston, as you mentioned, your own, we sit here on Wednesday and record this, nine up with fifteen to play. Yeah, I mean, this um, thing is
2: over. I mean, the the fact that look at the schedule, you look at the way um, they're playing, they're they're going to rack up enough points that to put this away, and then. We'll see if they're the president's trophy winners too. And I don't think people should should people should not be afraid of being the president's trophy winner at this point. This team, if if any team can deal with that pressure and not be phased by some nonsensical jinxes, it's, it's these guys, right?
1: I would think so, although currently they would face Columbus, which would be an interesting matchup because yeah. you played them last year. Right. And that's the Columbus team that magically took out Tampa as the
2: eight seed. It's year also ago. the team that doesn't have Panarin, <laughs> Dezingle, yeah. Duchesne. I mean, it's a totally different team. First of all, they don't even have the players that they had this year. Oh. I just saw Bjorkstrand done 8 to 10 weeks. Right. Um, you know, Jones is still out. As merzikins is out, so that, that, even if if that team somehow miraculously even hung on to that spot, you know that would be their championship of the year. I'm but suspicious it'll be Carolina. When they played a lot done. more games too, Columbus. A lot of they, have, has, they have three has games more than games in them. Carolina. So I, I don't really factor. Yeah, Carolina Rangers, or the Islanders, and Islanders. That's kind of the, the mix you're looking at right there. And you know the way the Rangers have played lately, you're not too worried about them. I mean, maybe no. if it's just Thurston comes back healthy, they're 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 a threat. But you just blanked the eyes out for nothing. The Islanders look demoralized. I think, yeah. you know, adding Pajot was great, but they did they did kind of like what the Bruins did a little bit. Only they needed they needed more, and they didn't get it. I mean, obviously they were working on that Parisi thing uh, for a while and thought maybe they were going to get it done, and they didn't get it done. And they didn't add that they needed to get one more scoring winger. I mean, they, that team cannot score, and that's been their case for two years now. And they didn't get it done. I mean, Pajot, they're playing him on the third line, and he's he's doing his job, and he's worth that five million. I think that's a great deal for them, but. He's not going to be the difference maker that to make up all the all the goals that they're not getting, and then we know what Carolina's deal is. I mean, they'll probably get in once their goalies come back healthy, and uh, we you know the you add Trocheck to that lineup, they're a little deeper maybe than they were last year. But we saw the Bruins able to, able to kind of handle them. the The best part, perhaps, of finishing
1: first will be watching Tampa and Toronto slugging it right. out round one. That would be <laughs> what a, what a joy that'll
2: be to watch those two. I mean. <laughs> Toronto, I guess, you know, it's amazing that Toronto was complaining about the e-bug situation, because they pretty much complain about everything, but this playoff format was basically invented for them to make sure they <laughs> make the playoffs because they literally could lose every game the rest of the year and get in because based on the fact that, you know, who's going to steal the spot for them? Not Florida, Florida and Florida not Montreal. Five Florida's five back with a game in hand. They're not out of I it. I mean, as embarrassing as Toronto's been this year and all, as banged up as they've been also, I mean, I'll give them some, you know, Some some excuses. No Morgan Riley, no Cody Cece for as long as they've been out. That's fine. You know they lost uh, Janssen there, so um, I I would give them some. But they're still not that good, and yet they're not really in a fight for this playoff spot because Florida is everything I told you they'd be. uh, July one when they decided to spend all their money on one goalie. But even if you had the old
1: format, uh, they'd still make the playoffs. They're like seventh in the East, but they'd be in a
2: harder fight right now. They're only being challenged by like literally one team. If if they were in the fight one through eight those teams we mentioned would would be battling with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. There's a a scenario here where they they make it as the third-place team in the Atlantic, and a team from the Metro doesn't make it with more points, right? So these formats, just so some marketing guy on Madison Avenue can help the NHL print (laughs) out brackets and get a sponsor and let people check out their bracket. I like the brackets. Which in the National Hockey League is the stupidest thing because the upsets happen in every round. So who's – filling out a bracket. Not to mention, there's only eight of them. It's not a 64-team tournament.
1: It's not the NCAAs. I'll tell you what the actual biggest takeaway from the Tampa game was. It was the Krejci line matching up with Point and Kucherov for much of the game, and I don't know if that's going to continue or what the adjustments uh, John Cooper would make in a playoff series, but when these teams meet in round two, and that's going to happen, it's almost a fait accompli. Two years ago, you know Braden Point outplayed Bergeron, and it was a stunner.
2: And he's in a different role now, that's the thing. Different C- role? So,
1: Sorelli is
2: the point right now. So
1: well, I know. Um, so, you know, it's hard to – you know, Stamkos will be back at that point probably so it, it, everything gets possibly flipped around. But that's encouraging that the Krejci line could be used with the two do guys. Well, uh, it in, could in be if, of,
2: if that line can hold its own in, right, in the defensive right. zone. And we don't, I don't still have a feel for how Richie and Kasha play – in the defense, though, we saw it against Tampa with the block shots and the, and the and decent play on the breakouts and helping supporting the D. But we don't know in a playoff series, especially against if they're playing against guys like Point and Kucherov, we don't know how that will, will pan out. But if you have home ice advantage, at least you don't have to worry about it for half the games anyway. Or for right. More than half. So
1: I mean, it's only one positive game. I, I still I'm not sure what the Bruins have here. Kasha shoots all the time. He <laughs> shoots from everywhere. That's the one thing you can say about him. I, I, no I, wonder he's shooting. I, I saw him
2: push somebody. That's a good sign too because I want to see somebody get pushed and you know Richie a little bit. Um. Yeah, I want. I I wonder where the master tinkerer, the ma, the master master toggler, as his his word, Bruce Cassidy. How, how hard is it for him right now to keep those three together? You know, he's dying to change some lines up, but he really has to give them give him a stretch a, a stretch here. And now it's been three games, and they've won two of them, or well, they've won all three, but they've won two of them against you know Eastern Conference playoff type opponents. Have Has that line been the factor that it should have been, Uh, to an extent, right? But uh, it's got to be hard for him to not be looking at other options. Krug makes a dynamite play
1: to set up the Marchand goal. I mean, uh, I tweeted right afterwards. Just sign the guy. I mean, it's you watch him out there and uh, the energy and the the offensive instincts and just the chemistry with these guys get the deal
2: done. Yeah, and that's why everyone on Twitter is dancing around to see that projection on the salary cap. Right? Mm -hmm. It might go up as much as I mean, even if even if it's eighty four, that's two and a half million more. On top of what you freed up with the Bacchus and and the Heinen trades, yeah, Danton Heinen by the way, two goals for the Ducks in the last oh, did three he? games, yeah, oh. so he's playing good. But um, you know that that's definitely plays in their favor too, and you know clearly there there could be room for for most of these guys. I mean, maybe you're, you're gonna have you know not only salary cap space, but if you're gonna have the Kuhlman, uh Bjork, Richie Kasha. Then uh, we'll talk about with Mark Diver in a little bit about Frederick and Lauko. There's just not. There's just so many spots. True, and you don't. None of these guys necessarily. Maybe a couple of them project as fourth liners. Yeah, and you're pretty much locked in on, on fourth liners. So at some point you have to kind of trade from strength, even if it's just to replenish your draft pick pool. If it's not a first, maybe add another second. Maybe add some a future first, something like that. And I'm glad you
1: mentioned Mark Diver. I forgot to tease. Uh, we're going to talk prospects with Mark coming up, prospect guru from New England here in just a few minutes. Uh, the other, of course, big takeaway was Jake DeBrusk, and, and finally he's getting off the schneid. Uh, it's a nice goal. I mean, he seemed pumped about it. It was a good playoff atmosphere. It turns out to be the game winner. Does this get yeah, him I, going? I, I mean, I, I
2: think uh, I've learned after all these after these three years now to not get too carried away yeah. when Jake DeBrusk scores. So that's why I didn't. I didn't focus my post game story on him getting off the Schneid, and yep. this podcast will be dated by the time he has a, an over oh, a zero 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 against Florida on Thursday. You know, you yep. don't know. I mean, this could be his hot streak, but maybe you don't want him to have the hot streak now. Maybe you just him to save it for April. But you know, I think his details were better when he wasn't scoring these last few games before this game, and I think he's definitely a guy we've seen now that responds to the competition or the threat of competition when they bring in Richie and Kasha and. Sweeney's making declarations about guys coming up from Providence, even if there's there's no injuries. That uh, that at least that's the one thing that seems to kind of spark him sometimes. It also was you know it got to be chippy at the end of the second. Nordstrom has the fight.
1: What do you think about Tampa? Uh, you know the toughness quotient for Tampa. They did
2: add maroon. Yeah, maroon Chernak, uh you know, Coleman's got an edge, so there's some toughness there. They, they've, they've tried they, to get tougher. They match tougher. up with them tough ones. I think so, too. I, I think yeah. it's almost like, I mean, Tampa's tried, but that's I not who the, they I are. I think the maroon thing, too, is just funny because, obviously, you know, it goes back to the St. Louis series, and he's he's he seems to always be picking on toy Krug. Somehow he's always hitting toy Krug, so... We'll see if he keeps picking on the little guys. Like Char wanted a piece him at the end of the
1: second, but he Maroon <laughs> wanted
2: no part of it. Yeah, they've done that before, so you can't knock him. You know, Maroon's, I think they've I think they fought three times, Maroon and Char. So it's funny to have him and in there in the mix. But you know, the, the Bruins have the, the the positive that they're you know that first line for all their greatness. They also have a little bit of an edge to them. You know, yeah. they, you know Bergeron is they can be a little tough, and I don't necessarily. See that out of Kucherov too often, so or even even Stamkos.
1: So, I, I mean, I, I'm overreacting. I, I've now flipped to the point because I because Tampa was my preseason pick, yeah. After watching that, it's one head to head. I don't I know, Stamkos isn't in there. I'm picking the Bruins uh, in a
2: series there. I just I like uh, Boston's yeah, matchup there. They, I think the Bruins are going to obviously They're in their heads. win this division now, but uh, I'm not gonna, I want to see what happens to come through this first round, and then I'll. Make my assessments too, you know. I mean, but you come out on home ice and get punked for two periods. I mean, that yeah. was an impressive Bruins performance. Yeah, you know, you have to wonder what was going on with the light. You think they were really trying to? They were coming out. They were coming out physical, but the Bruins uh, and they actually had a good retaliate. chance early. They, they Tyler were, Johnson missed a bouncing puck yeah, and a half. And they they hit some posts. And they I didn't. mean, it was a little closer then. Um, I thought it was interesting though. That that's the way, and this is what I wrote: that that's the way the Bruins. This is this is the playoff bottle. What you did for most of that game and play that in the playoffs because the, and this is what happened with St. Louis and a little bit with Columbus, the the retaliation you want to be the ones initiating. Don't be the one retaliating and the lightning were the ones always trying to chase after guys, retaliate slashing and pushing and things like that. So it it bodes well, but you know, there's still plenty to, to figure out here. Like I said about the crutchie line, is that going to be your line or is Bruce going to keep tinkering and, uh, you know, who gets to be in the, in the lineup at the start? I mean, I'm, I'm a little surprised now that Coleman's out, unless their attitude with Coleman is, okay, he knows, we know what he gives us. I think that's. So we keep him sharp, but we don't yep. overuse him. And then if, if this the rest of these guys don't pan out, it's Coleman's job. Well, so. you're
1: a favor of the load management, so start rotating. Guys, Absolutely, you know?
2: load management for sure.
1: All right, let's bring on Mark Divert, who uh, formerly with Providence Journal, he come, I don't know how many decades he was uh, down covering uh, the P Bruins. He's still on that beat, but covers a lot of college hockey as well. Wanted to bring him on to talk about Stenica, and uh, we did so, and here's our chat with Mark this week. We almost brought him on uh, bright and early this past Sunday, or at least you, called him. I
2: you call almost him. called him Sunday morning. I would not call him 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I wouldn't call anyone I liked on 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Mar- Mark, you'd have been up, right? I mean,
0: uh, I think I, I might have just been uh, pouring the first cup of coffee at yeah. 8 o'clock. Well, the
1: question I really wanted to ask you was about uh, Stanica, but before we get there, I want to wet the paddle a little bit. Uh Luzon has been playing excellent here. Did you see this coming and and is it fair to say he 's leaped the bruin's prospect uh, rankings i don 't know if you had any kind of rankings before the year began, but i didn 't expect him to be sticking here as a solid uh, third pair guy did you
0: i didn 't think it he'd it, get there this fast I think uh over the course of the year he did leap. He was already ahead as Zavoral, and uh, I think uh going in and but I think he 's jumped past uh over the course of this season, they're different kind of players. You know, I think Lozan a third pair guy, and I think Lozan uh, has the potential to be a uh, you know a three or a four, maybe a two. Uh, but he hasn't. You know, he's had kind of a kind of a, uh, not a great year in my opinion. He, he's okay, but I think he needs uh, he still needs more more work.
2: Well, like what specifically you think is, has been off about his game?
0: Well, uh, there's times in games when maybe he's not that engaged. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Cassidy made this point at a practice when he was up with Boston that you know maybe his uh, his effort level in that practice wasn't uh, what it needed to be, and I you know that's uh, that's a pretty big red flag when the coach of the NHL team points that out so. about a kid uh, a prospect. I think uh, that uh, you gotta take you gotta sit up and take notice when the boss says that, you know.
1: What what in particular about as you mentioned Lazad is a much different player, but do they do you think the organization fancies him as Kevin Miller uh, in the making or what really stood out to them uh, about him?
0: Well, he's I don't know that he's Kevin Miller in the making. I, I don't think he's tough. He's willing to fight. I don't think he's Kevin Miller tough, but uh, I could be I could be proven wrong. Kevin Kevin had a, some fights in the American League where he just crush people and uh I haven't seen that with Lozon I see uh I see a guy who's a who can handle himself and is a decent fighter but I don't think he's Kevin Miller tough or Kevin Miller strong at at this point so I don't know that they think of him that way I think they think of him as a shutdown guy you know who can play against uh against good players and be physical be abrasive and and things like that you're not going to get a lot of offense out of him I don't think although he uh Every once in a while, you see him jump up. I think there was one play last night where he made a good play in the, uh, to get uh, to get up the ice in the offensive zone. But he's not the the kind of offensive guy that that maybe Vaknin can be down the road. I think he's uh, you know, he's a shutdown guy who can uh, can be, be put out there against uh, another, I guess a good line and and do a and do a good job shutting them or keeping them off the board.
1: Well, let's get to Stanika. He he has been uh, obviously we've been watching uh, you know not only your tweets but uh, uh, Providence Bruins just kind of following his some of the highlights and the, and the numbers have soared the last what do you say a couple of weeks or has it been longer than that? What's the hot stretch for for Stenica? Uh
0: It hasn't really been the last couple of weeks, maybe ten games. He had a stretch, he had a stretch in in January where he he went cold, and uh, when he got it back going, as he does now, he's just he's really taken off. He's been just a a tremendous player the last uh, the last little while putting up all kinds of numbers. He's playing about eighteen minutes a game. He plays. He, he kills penalties. He's on the power play. You know, he's been their best player for uh, for quite a while now.
2: And has it been? I mean, do you think at this point is it is he? Um, you've seen a lot of guys that get to the point where he, okay, they're just ready. I mean, how would you kind of you know assess his his readiness? Because you know Don Sweeney talked about someone. Possibly getting a look up here at forward uh, in the next few weeks, and uh, everyone just assumes that's probably him. and And do you think he's ready for
0: that? Well, I think he could he could hold his own up there. The thing is, though, he's he's thriving down here as a center, um, not as a wing. So unless somebody gets hurt up there, I'm guessing he slots in at at wing, not center. Right? Um, can he do it? Well, I wouldn't put it past him. But ideally, he he'd be a center up there, the the position he's been. Playing, I think, his whole life and that he's most comfortable at. So yeah, I think he could. Uh, I think he could hold his own. Would uh, you know? Somebody, if, if a center got hurt, then uh, then yeah, plug him in, see what happens.
1: Just looking ahead to next year. I mean, you know, there have been some crazy theories. I think Calvin is is floating the Krejci trade uh, theory. <laughs> is, is he ready to slot in at third line center for a full season in 2021?
0: Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. Yep, he's been that good, uh, and he's. He's getting better all the time. And, uh, you know, there was an interesting incident or or play in last Wednesday's game where he tried to, uh, you know, toe-drag a couple of guys in the middle of the ice at at the red line. And, you know, they took it off him and went in on a 2-on-0 and scored. And Jay Leach sat him for about five minutes after that. And he, you know he's he's being held accountable down here as a he's the top prospect in the organization. I think that's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. But he still has things to learn, and he's being held accountable. And he'll you know he continues to get better. You know, in my in my view, I would think next year w- would be his uh, his time of arrival. You never know what's going to happen. You know, Donnie hasn't called me lately to uh, to get my feedback, so. Uh, <laughs> You know, we'll see. He's
2: too busy scouring the world for Richie's, you know. I don't know if there's any other brothers <laughs> right, out there.
0: but Right, right.
1: Well, who is the next guy up then? If, if you're right, and Stanica the they want to keep it center. Let's say they need a wing. Who's uh, who's the first man up?
0: Well, maybe it's Trent Frederick. Um, again, he's been playing he's been center. Uh, he might be more comfortable on the wing than uh, his game might translate more to that than uh, the Stanica's would. You know, he's not going to put up points for you, I don't think, up there at this point. But you gotta love the physicality the 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 way he plays he he steps in every time there's a hit on one of his teammates he's he's right there you know i think he's had seven or eight fights and uh i think he's only lost one of them he he's you know he's a very tough kid uh i would I would put my money on him if they uh if they were to go that route and 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 Look for a guy on the wing as opposed to center.
2: It's funny because if if Richie, I mean, I think Richie's been fine so far. But if if Richie doesn't start to, you know, kind of up his physic, his physicality and, and his game. I mean, let's face it, this fan base is is really thirsty for a guy like Frederick to come up here and bang some heads. And maybe that's a, a part of what uh, Donnie Sweeney's thinking when he's talking about somebody coming up here. You know, he's, maybe that's to light a fire under someone like Richie to say, you know, you gotta you gotta keep this job because this kid's waiting for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's possible. The one thing about Frederick though is I, I'd hate to see him, you know, be plugged in as just a like a fourth line sluggo type mm-hmm. guy. I I think he can be much more than that. He can be he can be a real player, not just a guy who you stick out there when there's a big hit and you need you know, you need an answer. But maybe that's his way in the door at this point. And then uh you know, as we go here or he as he goes he can he can continue to develop.
1: Couple other guys I wanted to ask you about Mark, and we're talking to Mark Diver. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Diver with two V's. He's out covering college hockey and, and obviously uh, the P Bruins as well. You mentioned Zaboral, so how about back there? He's playing a lot with Camphor. Is that right on the top pair down there? No,
0: he's playing with Didier. Okay, uh, Josiah Didier, and they have uh, rounded into just a great shutdown pair for Providence. And Zaboral has really come on. Um, he's probably been. Over the last little while, 10 games, 8, 10 games, he's probably been the best defenseman all around. You know, it's been a long, let's face it, it's been a long wait, uh, although he he's only a third-year pro and he's, what, 21, 22 years old. It seems longer than that, right? It's been five years since they drafted him, but, you know, he's showing, uh, he's playing as well as he's played down here in those three years. He's been prone to one big mistake in every game. <laughs> Until until the la you know, like a, a giveaway, a pass that make you think, you know, what what the heck was he thinking there? But he, he's slowly but surely he's he's getting that out of his game and just being playing within himself. I think it helps to have a partner like D D A who's just, you know, a meat and potatoes, right handed D, just moves gets the puck, moves the puck, defends. That pairing has been has been really good.
1: Cooper uh, Zek is a guy you've been talking about, and we uh, even talked about in the off season a bit. Has he flashed?
0: Cooper has had uh, he's had some stretches where he wasn't so good, but lately he's been good. You know, as a kid, as young as he is, and uh, you know, inexperienced, he came in after one year of college, severely undersized uh, at I don't know, maybe he's one hundred sixty pounds. I'm not sure. He does pretty well. Uh, you can see why they might think that he has some promise. He's uh, you know, he's the new, the new age kind of D, defends, uh Has to defend with his feet because his size isn't there, but uh, is very smart with the puck. Skates very well. You know, he's he's not even under an NHL contract yet. Right. He's got a he's got a long ways to go, but I, I would say his uh, his arrow is pointing up at this point.
1: And then one more before I know Matt wants to ask you about the goalies as well, but. Uh... What about Lauko? You mentioned in a tweet that he'd put on like 20 pounds since they drafted him. Uh just watching him in the preseason, he was exciting. How how's his game?
0: Well, he just came back on Sunday. It was his first game back from that in, uh, injury in the World Juniors right. in uh the day after Christmas. So he uh, you know, he's got a lot of rust on his game, but he is just a a tremendously exciting young player. I think he's still 19 years old. He could be playing junior hockey this year. But he, I think he has tremendous upside as, you know, maybe a second line uh, left wing, maybe even, maybe even first line. Who knows? Oh, wow. But uh, the combination of speed and, you know, he can fire the puck. Uh, he's not afraid in the least. He's a bit of an agitator, in fact. He's a ways away. You know, he's got to, he's got to I think, have a, one full healthy season in the American League to me. Which it hasn't been this year, obviously, with the injury. But he's a very exciting prospect. He really is.
2: And so when we we always talk, we talk endlessly about offseason stuff in this on this podcast. And so yeah. you know we're we're worried about Yarholak and whether he'll be coming back. I mean, t- do you see is someone like Vladar ready to maybe at least challenge to be Tuka's backup, and that would maybe maybe kind of you know relieve some of the tension there?
0: Well, maybe. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to. Uh say definitively that that he's ready yeah but he's he certainly has he looks like he's turned a corner this year from uh from being you know the very inexperienced very raw kid that he was to now he's more of a uh more of a professional more of a uh, a guy who he's you know the playoffs started tomorrow and Jay Leach is going to go with his best guy I think it would be Vladar um not that the legacy's been uh, been bad in any way. He's one of the best goals in the league. But right. Vladar's been Vladar's been very very good. I wonder if a lot of the talk among uh, you know the so called prospects gurus is <laughs> Swayman Kaiser Swayman Kaiser. No mention of Vladar. Mm. Well, Vladar's way ahead of those guys at this point. You know today, and I, I wonder if that uh, might have lit a little 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 fire under him that. Yeah. Uh, the fact that no one no one's been talking about him really for a long time, I think maybe that helped him.
2: Just one more from me, anyway. Uh, we did get a tweet to the, the SkatePod Twitter handle that uh, asking about Swayman and just like what his we we know what the numbers say, and I guess if if a if number of shots, you know, will. Uh, Will make a great goalie. I guess he's on his way, but uh, you know, <laughs> has he really taken the, these these steps to kind of maybe you know play his way into the mix at some point?
0: Yeah, I think he has. I think he has. Uh, Mike Dunham, the goalie, the goalie guru down here, is uh, is very very high on him. You know, the workload at Maine and the the fact that he's been he's been on a, a bad team until this year. Maine is, Maine's pretty good this year, but right. he's uh, they give up chance after chance after chance, and he. He is the only thing, you know, holding uh, holding the roof up there. And I think that's helped his development. Uh, talking to Mike Dunham the other day, he, he said the same thing. He's been in situations where he gets bombed for six or seven goals, and he's got to come back the next night and be good. And he's done it. So I think that's uh, that's been great preparation for, uh, for what lies ahead in the pro game. I expect he'll be signing within days of uh, when Maine's season ends, okay. even though he has... He could go back and play one one more year but there's really no point in that now. He's done he's done everything he he can I think in the college game to get to get better and now it's time to uh now it's time to get paid.
1: And real quick and maybe Matt you know the answer to this too we got we also had a question on the SkatePod Twitter about uh, Forsback at Carlson who went to Sweden it, it, could he be ticketed back to Providence next year? Have You guys heard anything about that?
0: I have not heard anything about that. Uh I would be surprised if that happened. Okay his performance last year I think uh you know I think he's I think he's done with the Bruins and the Bruins are done with him that's just my opinion I don't nobody's told me that but yeah. uh you know he had some issue uh where he, he needed to be at home this year and maybe that issue affected his play last year I don't know but looking back on some of the, the time he spent in Boston had me shaking my head every game like why is this guy up there <laughs> yeah. you know what, what is going on here, right? Right. So I, you know, I think uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see him involved in a trade, whether it's just for a draft pick or as part of a bigger trade. But I'd be shocked if he ever uh, if he ever came back and uh, and played uh, for the Bruins, either in Providence or Boston.
1: And and also another real real quick, where's what's Richie's brother doing? The, the, the other Richie. Do you talk to him? Is he in the, is he in the lineup these days? What's going on?
0: Well, he's out with a knee injury. Yeah. He uh he actually accidentally collided with Studnika in a game and uh he's been out that was about 2 weeks ago. He's week to week. You know, when he first came down, he was full of uh full of energy and playing hard and after the first few games, you know, I don't know whether it sunk in that holy holy crap, this is my this is my fate. <laughs> you know, I'm uh, the energy uh disappeared a little bit. Yeah. But the weekend he got hurt, he actually, in the the game that he got hurt in, he, he, he sprung uh, Providence loose for a goal with a big hit on the forecheck. And then a couple of shifts later, he was out there looking for a fight. Uh, he didn't find it because Providence put the puck in the net and, you know, the whistle blew and all that. But then a few minutes after that, he gets hurt. So his, his, it's up in the air with him uh, mm-hmm. as far as the rest of the year. They've won uh, eight in a row. I don't think... Uh, they don't. They don't need to rush him back into the lineup. That's for sure. They're uh, they're good.
1: Mark, you're the best. We appreciate you uh, taking some time and, and talking Bruins prospects with us. Anytime, guys. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Thanks a lot, Mark.
1: All right. There he goes, Mark Diver, who is freelancing his ass off by his own description <laughs> on his uh, Twitter site. He knows his stuff. Uh, I've sat beside uh, Mark many a game and. Uh... Always a wealth of knowledge, and it's interesting to hear that uh, Frederick is ahead of stanica Basically, he's saying forget about Stanica, they're going to keep it center.
2: Didn't you well, read it that way? He's, he's it's his opinion, street. but I think um, I think they're still considering it. You know what? It, it, talking to him, it made me realize when he's saying you know they want to keep him at center, and somebody gets hurt. Well, at this rate, someone doesn't have to get hurt. You know, a few more points here, and they might they've they've opened the at least Bruce Cassidy has talked about load management. Maybe if Patrice Bergeron's getting a night off, what's what? What better place for Stadniker to come up and get his feet wet than oh, to play true. with Marchand and Pasternak? Or, you know, I, I should that's a crazy. short-term
1: thing, though. Not, right. like, not like he's I the don't answer.
2: Yeah, I, I think. I mean, based on what the way they've played lately, would you be looking to break up this lineup much beyond maybe you know dropping Chris Wagner down? You don't want him to be your third line right wing going forward, but um, there, there's there's maybe some opportunity for Stadnik on the wing, but maybe there's more opportunity for Frederick, and maybe you see both of them at at some point come up here. now clearly they have to manage they only have 3 call-ups left before the end of the year so they have to kind of manage that so maybe you call one up for a couple of weeks and the second one and and hope you don't get into too much injury trouble because they they are so deep at this point remember they have 3 extra forwards to begin with so right. they don't they don't have to worry too much about uh about injuries you know leaving them shorthanded and that might be the way to go and I'm glad to hear them talking about load management and that goes for the captain too the soon-to-be 43-year-old captain will need some time off, whether he likes it or not, and hopefully they 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 take that and they think their attitude is is my attitude that this is over. I mean, they're going to win this division, and then it's just they're, they're probably deep enough based on their schedule to to get enough points to, to at least finish the top of the East, if not the the President's Trophy, while doing the load management. That's what you're. That's what good teams do. You had tweeted out, uh, retweeted somebody that uh, the
1: magic number to clinch is 11 and a half. Yeah, combination of Bruins wins, Lightning losses.
2: I mean the schedule is in their favor. Half? I mean, yeah, you could say that some of these teams are fighting for Once their a lives. Half tie, I guess a tie, something like that. <laughs> but uh, th- you know, you look at the schedule now. You have the one more game with Tampa on Saturday, and then you have that game with St. Louis last week of the season. Otherwise, you're playing against either teams that are playing out the string, mm-hmm. or you're playing against these these wild card teams that, yes, they're fighting for their lives and they're going to be playing their best game, but. A lot of them, their best game isn't all that great if you've been watching these teams. I mean, right now between the Rangers, Islanders, Blue Jackets, Hurricanes, th- does anyone want them to, Does any of them want to make the playoffs because they all keep losing on, on a nightly basis here? So uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I'd be more concerned about getting the load management done. Uh, as far as the D
1: prospects go... Uh, Zaboro thumbs up, Vaknin and thumbs down. Does, yeah. does it say anything about Krug's future or not to you? Or, or I don't Chara's? know. But one
2: thing that's funny about Zaboro, and I mean, obviously we've been hearing about this since day one, 2015, right? <laughs> but and, and Mark said it seems like a long time. I think the Bruins, obviously, when they do these development camps in the summer, it's great for them as an organization. It gets the guys to learn what it's like to be a pro and all this stuff. Yeah. But it, it also puts these guys' names in the in the fan base's mind. So for so long that they're they're like expecting everyone to come out and, and be a, a be an NHL player two years from now. I mean, right. defensemen always take a longer time. I mean, even Tori Krug needed a full year in the AHL and, and would not have been called up if it would not if they didn't have the injuries in the 2013 playoffs. Right. So. Yeah. Um, and then even in 2013, 14, he wasn't great that year. He you know, they had to protect him a lot. So. Um, it's it's good to hear that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, I wouldn't go as far as like thumbs down of Akin. I think I think we're I think as an organization and like Mark is saying, they may be a little disappointed in his in his work ethic. I think also the little bit I've seen of Akin, in, I'm not saying that he's not you know maybe this disengaged player at times, but there's also a smoothness to him. That you see a lot that where guys get translated that oh this guy's not trying as hard because he's smoother. I mean we know about his skating. They've been right. bragging about it since they drafted him, so maybe it reflects itself differently. But maybe he needs to if he's not gonna if your skate skating makes you look like that, then you need to do other things to make it look like you're you're really intense and send the message. Like like Mark said, I mean if Bruce is criticizing you after a practice, <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble.
1: Lauko, you and I are both high on. But yeah. Now but now he says it's a good point, one full season away. Yeah. So we're talking
2: twenty twenty two. Sure. You know? At least at least a part of this next season, I would say. I mean, the guy's played at a pretty high level. You know, he's playing he played in some tough competition over in, in his country. And so yeah. uh you know, like you said, you've got to stay healthy too. But this I don't think it's a DeBrus situation where they're just gonna commit to one full year. I mean, it'll obviously depend on how things go. I mean, now you know, going back to Frederick again too. Like I brought up Richie. I mean, Richie signed for next year too. So, are you kind of blocking? No, I'm not. I'm not projecting Frederick as a fourth line. I'm, I'm saying like a third line guy who checks, is physical, and, and maybe contributes. That's what Richie's supposed to be, really, right? right. Um, the, the depth is going to be uh, an interesting situation there, and um, it goes back to not to harp, not to look too far to the off season again. But when we talk about the debrust the Bjorks, the Colemans RFA's who comes back, who's gone, who's replaceable.
1: And the goalies, um, it sounds like Mark's saying he thinks uh, Vladar has been more impressive than the prospect rankers would indicate, but right. that still says to me, uh, organizationally, they are hoping for Halak a, a to be veteran, back for another year. Halak you know, or, a somebody, or somebody or someone else, exactly. One more year band But But
2: um, I don't know why, you know what, the, the prospect rankers, I mean, remember that the athletic one that was leaving out, like, two or three guys this summer, and then yeah. the guy afterward was like, oh, I'm sorry, I overlooked that. It's like, you know, yeah. do, do, your, do your due diligence, don't. So you can't always trust um, the prospect rankers and the draft gurus or whatever. But, uh, I mean, the, the fact the fact is, Vladar was hurt most of the two years, so that probably if, – if people don't see you play, they can't rank you, right? So, yeah. And Swayman, <laughs> he plays every game for Maine. You just got to hope he's not worn out by the time he gets to Boston. <laughs> Yeah. It's unbelievable. Even even playing on a good team like Mark said, I mean, I think he's faced a, a ton of shots this year and, and plays pretty much. I think he's played all but one game or something. Two point one goals against, I think. Yeah, so it's pretty amazing, and that's a <laughs> that's used. a great sign. But you know, we'll see what the, how the college goalies translate. Uh, mm-hmm. Never worked out for Zane McIntyre. He had some pretty amazing numbers in uh, when he was in college. So it'll be interesting. Anything else from uh, Mark's thoughts you want to pick through? Oh, just LaZan being a shutdown guy. They don't usually do this, but if at some point. Is Lawson Carlo like a shutdown pair? If especially if Carlo can get his offensive game a little more up there, it, maybe not For as something. You, maybe situation. something nothing yep. you lean on regularly, but like the way sometimes he goes Chara Carlo to yep. close out a game, Lawson Carlo could be your Good your, your, your closeout pair. I mean, it used to be sometimes it would be Chara and Miller would sometimes close games. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to hear. I think yeah, I think just like Carlo, there's a little bit of offense in Lawson that'll be there. He'll just have to get his instincts and his decision making i'm sure there's a million you know responsibilities on him and so when you come up basically i mean this is his first time playing these really pivotal games a second maybe i guess maybe a second lengthy call up you know you're always don't want to get burned and then you worry about the offense later right i
1: mean he he was on the ice for the one tampa goal tuesday but he's just i mean he's impressing yeah. every night i mean he is he's,
2: he's a lot stronger than i thought yes now. he and is just, you know he just got a Stay healthy. That's that I mean, his thing too. I mean, we always talk about this with the, with all these guys, but you know, he's he's been banged up a little bit, uh, had a concussion last year or the year before. So, but uh, you know, good a good value second round pick again. So maybe, pe- and then you know, we didn't even bring up Sinitian, right? So I know, and he's a friend of the pod, friend of the podcast. Um, I, I feel guy, bad, but
1: he's out of the, he's out of the mix right now.
2: Uh, yeah, I think he could be in the mix next year, mm-hmm. training camp. Yeah. You know, he'll be in, in, in there, and assuming they bring him back, I think he's I think he's RFA just like Zebrowall. So be interesting to see what Sweeney does with those guys. If he were to not qualify them, that would kind of Whoa. take his lumps on that. So I don't know how he how they proceed with that.
1: Well, I have a feeling you might hear Mark Diver again on a Sunday morning on Sunday Skate, a two-hour edition now bumped up 7 to 9 a.m. Are you going to be there for hour one or no? Uh, hour one of, like, the world? Or, <laughs> no. You're not coming? You're coming at eight? I'll be in there in the playoffs. Oh,
2: the solo hour. Well, then you're definitely going to hear Mark Giver, Well, not when there's a Saturday night game coming at 7 in the next You'll morning. You'll be there by Just 7. Just so you 30. can have, you know, Brady watch start at nine. <laughs> I mean, a normal show would be eight to ten, and then you start the Brady you watch. Your Brady thoughts before you leave or no? <laughs> Brady
1: Kachuk. <laughs> that is Matt Kalman. We will talk to you on Sunday morning. Check us out, 93.7. Give us a buzz. 617-779-7937. Right out of the chute, we'll put you in front of the line. Maria is tough to beat, though. She's in quick, and so is Fred New Hampshire. But, and I agree with Fred. Pasta could be better. <laughs> Fred, Fred's trying to take Wiggy's job, I think. <laughs> See you next week.